It is coming. Will you be ready? October 2020. Hey, just a quick warning to listeners. Uh, Chris and I are taking a deep dive into the world of Ted Lasso on Apple TV. If you haven't seen the show yet, we highly suggest checking it out and come back to us. Spoilers abound. Welcome back to the Dad and Rock podcast. This is Sean. And this is Chris. Hey, we're back at it again. What have you been up to this week? Uh, you know, the week's been kind of boring. I mean, earlier today, I took the kids out to a park in the local area. Kind of a historic area. There's a big bell, a lot of green grass, you know, uh, the Miami River flows by it. So it's, it's yeah. kind of like right by UD. So the kids got out, ran around, played, had a good old time. I found two little girls that they were playing with and, uh... I mean, they had a blast. That's pretty much really the extent of that. Then the funny thing is I took them, you got to take them kind of into Dayton to go to this park. Yeah. The kids that they found were great. We brought them back to our area. I took them to a park because Skylar was disappointed that there was no swings. I'm sorry, this isn't that. It's not that kind of park. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? I'm going to take you to the park, not that far from the house, let you play on the swings, give you about 30, 45 minutes or so there before we go home. We weren't there very long. Uh, the people there weren't very, uh, very nice. Okay. Uh, I told Zach he could not play with a group of the boys mm-hmm. uh, because one of the boys picked up like this. You know, those like green, like they're like walnuts or something that fall out of the trees. Right. They're huge. Yeah. This kid picked it up and heaved it at one of the kids he was playing with, which wasn't in his group. Uh, the kid was like five. He drilled him. Wow. And he went and told his mom. The mom reacted because there was a welt on the kid's side. I seen the whole thing happen. Yeah. So I was waiting for someone to ask me what I seen. And, uh, she said something to the kid and then found the kid's parents who acted all like, oh, my kid is, a, you know, an angel. My kid didn't do nothing wrong. Oh. And I'm like, Jesus, we're, we're doing that. And then Zach's playing with the group. And I see all the boys up there. And someone came up there and was like, yelled, oh, my God, that kid's ugly. And they all scream and ran. Oh, like, kids just being dude, nasty. Their parents not really caring. Yeah. I was like, yeah. I was like, yeah, we're, we're not doing that. You can go you can go play. You can swing, go down the you know, yep. slides, do everything you want to do. Uh, your sister's having a good time. I just don't want you interacting with them because I don't I'm not getting the right. best of, you know, vibe from them, which I don't know if it's a good thing for me to do or not. But I was like, you know, I just I wasn't feeling it. Um, I probably would have done the same thing. Just if you uh, kind of lessen the frequency of interactions with kids like that. I don't know. That's a tough call because it's like your kids are going to run into buttholes their entire life. So the the quicker that they start getting used to dealing with buttholes <laughs> i guess the better you know but uh no you're i mean i probably would have done the same thing so i brought him home and he got on his bike and went and you know, out in the neighborhood and he was with his group you know when he got back so uh he was he was punished from his electronics today oh so i'll put it this way i went dashing and i already had a you know i already made my goal for the week and i came home a little early he's in the living room with his actual laptop on with a video up his ipads on his lap I call him on his iPad playing games while he should have been paying attention was on the actual computer. Oh, I see. So what? He was supposed to be doing schoolwork? Yeah, schoolwork. It was a breakout uh, session or something. Yeah. And he wasn't paying attention at all. He was on his actual laptop, uh, iPad see. playing. It's like when I used to sneak my Walkman into uh, school and be listening to music really low and an earbud. Yeah. yeah. And in in yeah. an earbud that I used to hide in my sleeve so I can, uh, you know, hold my head oh, against used- my hand and listen to music. Yep. 
<laughs> you have the Walkman with the radio yeah. on it. Yeah, so we can listen to Howard Stern That's, or something. Yep. Like that. Yeah, no, I'm guilty of it too. <laughs> but uh, later in the day, he is now back in the office at my computer because I called him doing and his doing. So I had to actually make, you know, run a few more errands. So he's back here and he tells Janessa he's done all his math work. He hasn't even started it. Ooh. So then he lied about doing that. So like, okay, dude, taking everything away from you. You're done. And this is where we scared. We, we used our situation to scare the bejesus out of him. Oh, really? We got an email from his teacher and we were going to go ahead and set up parent-teacher conferences. <laughs> he has no idea we had this email. So we go ahead and tell him, hey, buddy, we have a parent-teacher conference. In the no, actually, Janessa did. And the way she did it, was mean as hell because it scared the living snot out of him. He was in tears. He was so scared. What did he, she do? He well, just the way he he knew he got in trouble twice today. Yeah, he knew he got caught on his iPad. He knew he lied to mom about doing his work. So knowing those two things, and now knowing there is a conference with his teacher, he thought he was just so deep in it. He was just done. <laughs> I was like, oh, man. And I felt terrible immediately. Like, he was like laying on my chest crying. Oh, he was freaking out. Huh? Yeah, he was. Yeah, internally, he was just a mess. I'm like, dude, don't worry about it. Everybody's got a meeting that day. <laughs> You're fine. We're just going to go ahead and we got to talk to your teacher about how things are going. He thought you guys were meeting with this teacher because he was in trouble. Because of what happened today. Yeah, that's absolutely right. right. That's funny. That poor kid. Well, that's, I, that is, I mean, you know, Janessa, that's right in line with her, though. Uh, I mean, about... <laughs> Oh, I'd say probably about six years ago, she put a a fake rubber snake underneath Courtney's pillow. She put her arms underneath her pillow, felt the snake, and screamed so loud. <laughs> oh my god! I thought we scarred her, and I'm like, "Yep, that's that's Janessa. I'm, I'm pretty much just oh, what man. I expect. Oh, she's a prankster. <laughs> yes, in a very mean way." To the point where I'm almost going to put plastic wrap over the toilet bowl and ah. she gets up in the morning. <laughs> Have you ever tried doing that before? Oh, no. I, I, I value my marriage. I would be divorced the next day. <laughs> I'd be, I'll be down there with you because you'd kick me out Gosh. for about a week. You know, the, one of the earliest pranks I've ever done, it was on April Fool's, and I was young enough to know what April Fool's was. I was still living with my dad, so that gives you a time period here. I must have been like seven or something. And I knew that people played pranks on April Fool's. Like, okay, okay. So my dad was like, well, on the toilet. He used to go to the bathroom with the door wide open. That's that's another story altogether. <laughs> but uh, what I did, well, he was like sitting on the toilet. I go to the kitchen, and I put a bunch of uh, ketchup on my knee. And then I yell real loud, like, ow, ah, and then I, like, limp towards him, and I'm like, Dad, my knee, I'm bleeding. And he <laughs> freaks out. He, like, leaps off the toilet to try to, like, help me, and, you know, and he's like, oh, my God, what happened? And I then I go, you know, April Fool's, and just showed him it was ketchup, and I was in so much trouble, dude. <laughs> he did not think it was funny at all. That's and, hilarious. Uh, that's the last time I pranked him. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hi, this is James Beaver from Beaver Does Movies. Just got a question for you. Do you like movies? Do you like bad movies? Do you like bad movie podcasts? Because that's what I'm here to ask. Come check out Beaver Does Movies, a podcast where I pretty much just torture people with terrible, terrible movies in the hopes that they stop talking to me. So check it out, beaverdoesmovies.com, and I'll see you there. All right, and we are back. We're back, baby. There's a show. On Apple TV. Apple TV has finally, after all the money they've sunk into this product, and it's been out for over a year now, have they finally hit a home run with Ted Lasso? 
I should probably tell you the name of the show. Yeah. Uh, Ted Lasso. <laughs> well, yeah, I was waiting with bated breath. Like, what, what show are you talking about? Uh, Ted Lasso. Yeah, they have no... Well, no, you know what? In my defense, if they follow us on Twitter, I plug this show all the time. Like, That's last true. night, I was like, you know, Ted Lasso is the, the hero we need, not the hero we deserve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even getting uh, retweets by Jason Sudeikis, Ted Lasso himself. Which is, which is pretty awesome. But a, a quick recap of what the show is about. It's a American football coach yeah college yeah he was he was like a c was division two uh coach and he is hired to be a premier league soccer coach over premier in europe and he is going to coach the richmond football team and he has zero experience with soccer so he's going over there and come to find out he was hired to basically drive this team into the ground and it's not quite going the way originally planned. Yeah. I first heard about this show uh, pretty early on, even before it debuted, even before you kind of mentioned I, I knew it existed. Uh, I heard about it and I, I pretty much only knew the premise. I knew Jason Sudeikis was playing a football coach, an American football coach who gets kind of transplanted over to, you know, European football, soccer over there across the seas and hilarity ensued. And the premise itself sounded funny enough. And I had assumed that Jason Sudeikis would be playing kind of a smarmy jerk because that's kind of characters that he's played in in the past. Even back on SNL, he played uh, kind of a jerk guy all the time, <laughs> like sarcastic, almost like a che- like a Chevy Chase type. And uh, boy, was I surprised when I watched the show. And it turns out he's like a Kentucky Fried Ned Flanders or something. Like he's super nice and country and has like anecdotes. And he, but it's not sickingly sweet. Like he, he's just a good, decent dude who actually like listens and you just can't help but like. Yeah, he believes in humanity yeah. over the sport. And, you know, when he comes into the situation, when they're hiring him on and they bring him out and they uh, bring him in front of the press, uh, everyone is basically laughing at him. And there was one reporter, Trent Krim from The Independent. <laughs> Say it again. Trent Krim. Of The Independent. From The Independent. <laughs> <laughs> he announced himself each and every time in the press conferences. And uh, he basically roasts him. Yeah. Right out the gate. I mean, he's asking if he even knows what offsides is. And the funny thing is, and the reason I think I gravitated to the show is I love soccer. Yeah, you do. I watch Europe. So- I watch a uh, German soccer, the Bundesliga. I watch the Premier League over in, in uh, England. I watch the U.S. You know, national team. I watch MLS. Uh, I haven't missed a crew game this year in MLS. So I I enjoy soccer more than I enjoy the NFL now. Yeah, soccer is your go-to sport right now. You've gone through many phases in life. When we were teenagers, it was definitely hockey. Hockey expanded into football and then baseball is kind of played favorite here and there throughout the last decade or so but boy the last few years it's been all soccer all the time you love it i've i've uh, yeah i don't know i just enjoy the snot out of it yeah and uh, i think zach loves it too and zach loves playing it so i think that it kind of feeds into like when i got back into star wars mm-hmm. it's something that i enjoy he enjoys doing he enjoys watching he's been to a game with me in columbus so i think i i think subconsciously that's what's happening here again but uh, seeing that I love the sport so much, it was easy for me to get into this. And then seeing, you know, how the behind the scenes and how they're bringing them in. Originally, when I first watched the first, say, four episodes, the feeling I got from this was Major League. Yeah, that was my that was that was the feeling I was getting. You know, the female owner wanting to you know, destroy the team. 
uh, bringing in a coach that really isn't going to be able to do anything. The team isn't going to be able to, you know, perform. And then they start performing despite, you know, the situation they're in. Right. And then with this one here, having two main players, having uh, Jamie and Roy butting heads where they couldn't actually, you know, play on the same field and seeing Ted Lasso actually break through to the two of them and actually have them work together right before they sell Jamie back to, I think it's Man City. Uh, who goes on loan for him. This show is kind of great in that way. It, it subverts a lot of expectations. You know, I know very little about soccer. I know the basics of how to play and, and you know, the stuff that I learned in gym class back in fifth grade or whatever, and that's about it. But I still enjoyed the heck out of this show. Like, that was the surprising thing. You, you hear a show with this premise, you think that a lot of it's going to be centered around the drama of winning and losing these games. And it's not. And it's not at all. It's all about these characters and how they interact with each other. It's it's such a heartfelt comedy. Yeah. And drama at the same time. There's so much that's going on within it where you actually get to the point where you care so much for Ted and what he's going through because you see what he's going through. There's an episode where he, he comes to a realization on why he took this job over 4,000 miles away from home. Right. And it's because his marriage is in ruins. And his the marriage council said his wife needed some space, so he decided to give her 4,000 miles worth of space. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of space. Yeah, it is. And there's a speech that he gives the team, and he realizes he's not talking to the team. He's talking to himself. Right. And he decides when he sees his wife that later on that in that episode, he decides to go ahead and let go and let her free her of responsibility. Because I think she even felt like not an obligation to stay with him, but he was trying so hard to make it work that she wasn't going to be the one that releases. Yeah. And when he went ahead and let go, she felt that like burden off of her as well. This is sort of Ted Lasso's B story. The A story for him is him turning this team around and getting closer to the players and the management. And then the B story is you'll learn more and more with each episode is his sort of newly found estrangement from his wife. And his wife is really kind of pushing for the divorce. Of course, he he doesn't feel the same way. Like, he's still very much in love, still wants to be very much that family unit with his wife and his son, who's maybe about uh, 10 years old or so, right? Yeah, I'd say about 10 years old. Uh, and one of the first instances you see of his son is when you don't even see him. He actually comes over with a bag of army men, green army men. Right. And it's kind of the peace offering that he's offering some of these players. Because these players immediately don't like him. They know he oh, has sure. no experience. He has no reason to be there. It's like, what's the purpose? I mean, how you don't know what all sides is. How are you going to help us? Yeah. So, I mean, he's not stupid. He went ahead and he brought Coach Beard along with him. That, to me, it seems like he has knowledge of European football. Yeah. He may not have ever coached it, but he has the knowledge. And he's going to stand right by Ted Lasso the whole way. He's going to kind of help him, knowing the relationships that Lasso can build, how he can break through to people. And you see it. I mean, you see it when he's talking to Roy. He tells Roy to read a book. And he's sitting there reading it to his niece. And then he just has like a Jesus moment. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to use the words he uses. (laughs) He's your typical uh, soccer player over in uh, Britain. He swears uh, like the Dickens. A lot. Yes. And I mean, you you see him get through to him first. Because he's trying to get through to him so he can get through to Jamie. So he's kind of hit that first step in. And he does that. Then he starts getting into Jamie. So yeah, you know, Jamie gets his like his crew of guys to stop picking on another player. So he he kind of subverts his way in, and then once everyone you know believes what he's selling, that's when he can start you know moving forward. And, and you see that and it, it's so it's easy to laugh at the situation because there's obviously comedy written into it, 
but it's so heartfelt that you you can you start to care about characters that when you first see the show you wouldn't care about like the three guys in the bar calling him a wanker. <laughs> yeah, you see them. I mean, over I enjoy those guys. Yeah. I mean, one of them, the, the bigger black guy is like, you know, a Premier League coach knows our name. <laughs> a manager knows our name. Yeah, he was so, always the sweetest out of the three. With each interaction, he was the first one to give Ted a chance. Yeah, so I mean, from that, when uh, they went to the school, when Trent came along from the school. Right. And he spent all day. Even the teacher was like, or the principal was like, you know, you spent more time here with these kids than anyone has before. And then he goes, has dinner with Trent at a restaurant that he, he met this other guy from. And he's eating this food that's going to destroy him. Yeah, Indian food. Like, that's just and hot And he as hell. continues to eat it because he's too kind to turn it away and say, I, I don't want to insult you. Yeah. And that's when that whole, at the end of the article happens, when, you know, Trent basically comes out and says, I think my opinion's right. They're still going to be relegated. But I'm not going to be happy when it happens. Because he sees who he is. Yeah. He, he believes in the person. He just does, he knows that, the experience level isn't there to be able to, you know, manage the men in this level of uh, soccer. Yeah, before the independent reporter uh, leaves for the evening, leaves the restaurant, uh, Ted tells him, hey, I really enjoyed spending the day with you. And uh, the reporter was like, wow, you, you're really genuine about that, aren't you? And Ted's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of what this whole thing is about is, is Ted winning over these people, winning over the team itself, plus the team's fan base and everything that surrounds the team. And Ted says from the beginning, my success is measured in not wins or losses, but, you know, changing people and how I affect people, um, which actually gets challenged later in the series. Yeah, that just came to head with Coach Beard. Yeah, in the bar there where Coach Beard is like, look, you know, we're not we're not coaching kids anymore. <laughs> we're coaching professional athletes who, you know, wins and losses could mean food on their table. So we got to take this a little more seriously. And Ted, you know, he kind of has to sit there and soak in that a little bit. It's, you know, it's these dynamics like no character is perfect. Every character has flaws. But every character is like trying and you're pretty much rooting for every character except maybe the team's original owner. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of, yeah, he's a swarmy little he's Kind ass. of a scumbag. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I loved, I mean, I, I think I've told you this before. I watched that dart scene about six times. Yeah. I love the, uh, you know, the quote from Walt Whitman, be curious, not judgmental. Right. You know, how he basically goes ahead and uh, suckers them into a game of darts. When they get into the game, when they agree to the terms. He opens up a case of darts, and that's was like, oh, that's right, I'm left-handed. Dink. <laughs> and then you see the dude's eyes light, like, oh, what, what did I get into? It was, that whole scene, it was fun, about, you know, asking, you know, if he's ever played darts before. And he says he's played darts, I think he said since uh, eight years old up to 16 when his dad passed every Sunday. Right. And he needed two triples and a bullseye. And he was like, barbecue sauce. And hits that bullseye. Yeah. I love it. Right there, I think that scene encompasses what's wrong with a lot of society right now. Right. Nobody's curious. Everyone is judgmental. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's a I think it's a great show for right now. It's positive and it has really great messaging, but it's not, you know, it's not preachy at all. It's not in your face. No. No, it's just like you, you know, you get invested with these characters. It's I I I've almost never experienced a show quite like this that invests you in multiple characters like so quickly. Like there's not a character in this show and we're only 9 episodes into season 1. Yeah. That I don't care about. Like, I want to know what happens to all of these characters. I yeah, mean, I mean, we have we have Jamie who's gone now. He's back at Man City. Yeah. But then we had his girlfriend who was, seemed like was a, a side character at the time, Keely. Keely, yeah. Who's become a main front character. 
Yeah, we've talked about the team a little bit. We've talked about Roy, who's kind of the veteran captain, who's kind of losing his edge a little bit. And he goes and and butts heads with Jamie, the kind of hotshot young guy that's getting all the endorsements and and deals right now, right? Um, And that's dramatic in and of itself, the, the way those two kind of interact with each other. But I honestly, the relationship that I enjoyed watching the most was that between Keely and the current team owner, Rebecca, Yeah. who, you know, the show opens up with Rebecca. She's newly divorced from the previous team owner, who was basically just a philanderer and like man about town and just suave and charming to folks that don't know him, but real kind of a dirtbag to everybody else. Behind the scenes, yeah. And, you know, she basically wants to stick it to him when she takes over this team. Like you mentioned before, kind of the premise of the show, she brings Ted Lasso on because she has no faith that he's be able to do anything. Like she wants that crap storm. She wants the team to completely fail. And this was her idea of, on how to do it is to bring some coach that didn't know anything about soccer. <laughs> yeah, if, going ahead and getting the team relegated. And a lot of people don't under, understand what relegation is. Yeah. Easiest way to go ahead and explain relegation is, okay, so you have the NFL. That's top. Let's just go ahead and drop the student athlete and just make college football tier two. Okay. Instead of getting the first pick, Say, for instance, the, I'll put the Browns, the Jets, and the Dolphins in the bottom, bottom three. Okay. And let's put Ohio State, Notre Dame, and Alabama in the top of college, the mm-hmm. top three. Mm-hmm. What winds up happening is those three NFL teams drop out of the NFL. Those three college teams go up into the NFL. Oh, I see. That's what relegation is. So what she's trying to do is drop Richmond team out of the top tier in the Premier League and drop them down to the bottom. So put them in the B League. See, that's interesting. I didn't realize that. I was just kind of assumed that they would be like out of the playoffs or something, like their season would be over. Yeah, no, relegation, they, they drop to the B League. Wow, that's funny. Okay, well, that even makes more sense then. And uh, But see, I got it, even though I didn't understand that as something that's in soccer, I still got it because I got her intent behind it. She wanted to hurt her ex-husband. She wanted to stick it to him by sticking it to the team. And throughout the season, you watch her turn from this cold Scrooge of a woman that is only out for revenge. Of course, she warms up to Ted because how could you not? And he keeps bringing her biscuits and she's trying to figure out where he's getting them from. Come to find out he's making them yeah. himself. Yeah, because he's just that kind of a guy. And he biscuits with yeah. the boss and the first thing in the morning is something he looks forward to. And eventually she does too. Um, and she grows closer with this Keely. Keely, who was uh, kind of the girlfriend of the hotshot player, Jamie. And a few episodes in, they become exes because she just can't stand his sort of uh, his philandering way. And that's why Rebecca and Keely are able to sort of join together and say, you know, F these men. <laughs> Let's just go get drunk <laughs> in a hotel room and they get close. Yeah. And uh, it's just to the point where she's able to call her a, a flop dick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, in the most recent episode, calling her out saying, you know, you better go talk to him or I will. Yeah, Keely kind of um, confessed to Rebecca that she was scared of her. Like, she thought Rebecca was just this, like, ice queen and she was, was, like, just afraid to even look her in the eye, which is how she made a lot of people feel. Then, to the point, you know, you see this relationship grow where it's almost as though they become best friends and they're kind of inseparable and they are getting through these challenges together. In fact... It gets to a point in the most recent episode where Keeley finds out that Rebecca's whole plan to bring Ted on was kind of a sabotage, right? Um, nobody knows yeah. this, but kind of the inside crew there of, of Rebecca and her, her right-hand man. So she finds this out, and she's like, look, you either tell Ted or I am, because, yeah. you know, this is 
not going to work out. And Rebecca, she's like, well, why, you know, why would you want me to tell Ted it's not going to change anything? And Keely says, well, it'll change how I feel about you. Yeah. And that's enough to push Rebecca into wanting to do it because she cares about her relationship with Ted and with Keely that much where she's going to bite the bullet and tell the truth to Ted. Well, Keely's almost gotten to the point where she's as much of the heart of the story as Ted is. Right. Because she's dealing with, you know, Rebecca as Ted's dealing with, you know, the, the little interactions he's having with Rebecca but yet the rest of the team and the city. Yeah. So, I mean, there's two different dynamics going on here. And you pointed out, you know, the, re- the dynamic between Keely and Rebecca, which is a huge dynamic. Cause I think if, if we were missing that Keely character, I don't think we would ever get the heart of Rebecca. She'll just always be that ice queen right. that we had in say major league. Yeah. It's so funny. You start caring about these characters. Um, another pairing is Keely and Roy who are kind of going through the same things in life. Roy is this veteran athlete who's kind of losing his edge. And you know what happens when an athlete can't be an athlete anymore. I mean, any number of things, they feel like they aren't themselves anymore. They kind of lose their place in life. And you've got Keely, who is at one time this, you know, hot model <laughs> doing everything she could. And now she's rounding into her 30s and she she needs to decide what she intends to do going forward. Um, she eventually takes this marketing position with the team. And uh, Roy is eventually benched in this final episode. And those those two are kind of kindred spirits yeah. and find each other romantically uh, throughout the season. So the show is just full of character dynamics like that. There's not a scene that goes by. It's not like it goes to a couple of characters where I'm like, oh, God, well, I can't wait to get back to Ted. Yeah. Like, come on. A- every scene I'm invested in. Or even his diamond dogs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when they all get together and they're making decisions on what what should happen. I mean, even that scene. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's it's centered around soccer. But, I mean, you love how he brings everybody in. You have the uh, the guy, the kick boy. Uh, he brings Nate in immediately. He wants his ideas. He wants everyone's input from everywhere because he feels like if he gets everyone's input, it's going to make him better. And in turn, I think he's going to make everyone around him better. Yeah. So he's not scared of asking questions. Yeah. Ted is nice, but Ted is also very smart. He knows that to do well in life, you have to surround yourself with people that are doing well in life. <laughs> or like yeah. he he immediately recognizes that Nate, even though he's like the towel boy and getting kicked around, he knows this team intimately better than a lot of the teammates or the management does. He watches these players. Ted picks on that. Well, he lets him call him out during that one team meeting. Yeah. I mean, he pretty much told Roy that he's used to playing me and he's, he used to play so mean he was mad at the grass he was running on. And that's not happening anymore. And they got in that in that episode, they got a victory, which they've never won in that city before. Right. Yeah. So they get that win, you know, and everyone is on a high. Everyone, they can't believe they won. It's, you know, they're not dead yet. They're not relegated. I mean, they're they're still they're still alive, you know, in the grand scheme of things. So they all wind up going and partying as a team. It's one of those things that you're seeing the team grow. Right. You're seeing everyone you kind of become one. And then when they go to this, you know, karaoke bar, they're all singing and having a good time. And you see Ted there just kind of sitting there back there. He's squeezing his hands. And it's like, at first you think he's he's clenching a fist to hit somebody. But then you see him kind of all of a sudden, you know, things are spinning. He gets outside. He's having, you know, we find out a panic attack. And Rebecca is the one that comes out there and kind of soothes them out of it. And, I mean, pretty much that leads into, you know, him signing the papers to go ahead and you know finalize the divorce, right? But it also leads into a a not a normal interaction that we've seen with him in the, and and it, and this even shows how much more of an actual person, a real person, real rounded character uh, he is. Because when Nate comes to the door, he freaks out on Nate, he blasts him, and Nate just hands him the paper and he walks away and he winds up apologizing for it later. 
And that's when Nate, you know, goes ahead and does his whole pep talk. Like we kind of mentioned before, there's not a character in the show that you don't end up rooting for in, in some form of fashion, even when they make mistakes like that. And and Ted, as as great as he is, as warm of a human being and decent that he is, he makes mistakes too, and we get to see that. So that's it was it, that's kind of what really surprised me as a whole in the show. And I know you mentioned was it Major League? Was that the movie you yeah. mentioned? I know you mentioned Major League, which I have kind of a recollection of as a kid seeing those movies. They were pretty popular, but they were. You know, they were played for laughs, that story. I mean, it was they were deeply, you know, comedies. Yeah. Um, I was surprised on how just warm and heartfelt this series was. And, uh, you know, it's kind of uh, speaks to long-form storytelling. I think this kind of plot, this kind of premise would have worked very well as a movie. But the fact that we're able to stretch this story out and really get to know these characters... Uh, man, I'm, we got one more episode left of season one, and I can't wait. I hope, I hope to the soccer gods, the football gods, that they make a season two. Yeah, no, this is, I mean, I was looking at it and I even put it, I think I put it out on Facebook or Twitter or one of the socials I kind of interact with, but I almost feel like Apple TV doesn't deserve the show. <laughs> yeah. It's so good on so many levels that I feel like people are missing out because it's on Apple TV. I feel like it should be on another platform if it's you know HBO, I won't even say HBO Max, I'll say Netflix, something that more people can widely get. Or maybe yeah. maybe an HBO or a Showtime or something like that where more people have access to. Because, I mean, like it's he's like, you know, he's the hero that we deserve. Yeah, it deserves a wider audience for sure. I, I don't know. Have you heard a lot of buzz about it? Uh, not really. I mean, it's got to they pushed it hard. Like you were saying, you knew the show before it was right. you know, before it came out. And I, I heard of I seen it. I'll be honest. I didn't jump on it immediately either. I went ahead and I like binged like the first four episodes mm-hmm. and got through it. And I was like, oh, I want more. And I was like, oh, it's a weekly release. I didn't know because Apple TV has like limited shows when they only have so many episodes. Yeah. And at first I was like, oh, is that it? There's no way that's it. That's, it's too good for that that to be it. And yeah, I mean, it's a weekly thing, which goes back to our weekly releases. And it's making it, it makes me want more. Like I, when that episode ends, I'm, I'm jonesing for that next episode because they don't really give you a preview. No, they don't. It just ends. Yeah. And then they give you a picture of the next episode with a very brief write-up of what it's going to be. Right. And I mean, it's so brief, you don't get nothing out of it. Once we decided that we were going to be talking about Ted Lasso this week, I hadn't seen a single episode, you know, when we recorded our last episode of Dad and Rock. So I pretty much binged the entirety of the show up to that point throughout the week, and that was eight episodes, and caught up in time to see the newest installment, the ninth episode, on Friday when it released. It's another one where I'm I'm waiting week to week, and I can't wait until, you know, the next episode next Friday. Friday, but I was almost scared at first the way they ended episode nine it was sort of final to where everybody seems like they're in a good place even Roy he's kind of accepting that he kind of doesn't have he's his going save. to the bench yeah yeah that he's going to the bench and he kind of like taps the believe poster in the locker room and that's where they kind of end it and I was like well wait is that was that the season finale or is there one more left i, I had to text you about it because i wasn't sure yeah. but i guess next week we may actually get an episode where we get to see them play in a game which we haven't really seen yet <laughs> yeah we've seen uh, bits and pieces but nothing really of actual game you know game action yeah uh, but yeah i agree with you last episode you got a lot of character like their arc hit right you know rebecca went down and she was so scared to go ahead and confess you know to ted oh this seed tore me up dude well, she only got the 
gusto to do that it, because her ex came up to her office and basically revealed that him and his new girlfriend, who was also re- named Rebecca, and the press had a field yeah. day with that, um, they're having a baby. And you could tell by the, their conversation that that's something that he never wanted to do when he was married with her. And it's probably something that would have come up. And she doesn't have any children. And she's close with her niece, or at least she used to be. And you you can tell that was like that was like a knife to her soul yeah. um, that he was now having a child with this other woman and she never got to have that opportunity. And she basically, the camera kind of goes woozy and it zooms in on her and you see him, you see her like walk through the, the the locker room and you see the, like the guys with their naked butts, like try to cover up with towels as she's walking <laughs> through. And this is where it's another example of subverting expectations because I think maybe she's because of this news, she's going back and she's going to be the ice queen again. Maybe this is what pushes her over to really, she wants to dig the knife into the former owner. Yeah. And that's, those are the thoughts that I had going when she's actually walking towards Ted, but she doesn't, she lets go and she confesses to Ted. And it did, I didn't know how Ted was taking it. Yeah. Because Ted stood up like, Oh, we're getting a reaction out of Ted, which I didn't expect to get. It's pretty much the peak, kind of the peak as far as the drama, because we're expecting a really heightened, like, okay, well, this is where stuff's going to get real and there's going to be yelling and this is going to cause conflict and drama that they're going to have to deal with, you know, episodes and episodes from now. But it subverts my expectations, and she confesses, and he listens to her, thinks for a moment, and he knows that he's in the midst of his own divorce, and people do crazy things, and he forgives her, and she's taken aback by it. <laughs> yeah, she yeah she didn't know what to think. She didn't expect that. She expected some type of judgmental, yep. you know, something given to her, and the way he just kind of offered his hand out there, and... She she just bear hugged him. <laughs> yeah, this ice queen. She's completely unfrozen, and she gives him the biggest, warmest hug. And she's like, she's found a family in this football team now, where they used to be this device, this object that she could use to hurt her ex husband. Now this team has actually become her new family, and it's uh, I don't know, it's just good stuff. <laughs> yeah, I know we've kind of gushed about it here, but uh, yeah, I can't wait for the next episode. And when the episode's over, I'm going to be disappointed that's the last of the season. I know, dude. That's the whole give and take. That's the whole double edged sword, isn't it? When you start loving these shows and then they're gone for God, who knows? Well, who I knows have how no, long? I have no faith in Apple TV, right? That they're going to renew it. <laughs> yeah, I, I we have we, they've sunk so much money into other shows that they're not being as far as I know they're not being upfront with viewership. So I don't know how well it's doing, how bad it's doing. Are they going to put more money back into it? I Is mean, Apple TV going to be a service a year from now? Exactly. <laughs> are, are they going to cut bait now? A show like this, I think tied to like Jason Sudeikis, I think he may be able to parlay it into another service. I would hope so, yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, this is there's been very, very few shows of late that I just love deep down watching. Right. Like the boys, I enjoy because it's tapping into a part of me that is probably sick and sadistic. <laughs> and the spectacle I just, of it. Yeah, I just enjoy watching that. That's popcorn fun. Yeah, exactly. It's Transformers. Right. <laughs> I mean, I'm watching it for you know the shock and awe moments. But to, not to not to short shift the boys but we get some of that character development in that show too but this this show really kind of goes for the gusto with characters yeah the 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 ted lasso is all about character growth yeah and loving every character in the show in a different way because by the time even jamie was sold off i was actually beginning to like his character 
Definitely when they had the interaction between him and Roy at the bar. Right. When they were telling each other things, they're opening up to each other so they can go ahead and actually understand so they can bring the locker room together. Even yeah. that character, I enjoyed. Do you think we'll see Jamie in the final episode somehow, some way? I think he's on the other team. Oh, interesting. I didn't realize that. I think you're right. I think he, I think Man I think Man City is the team that they're playing, and he was the, that was the team that he was on loan from. Wow. I, I could be wrong, but that may be the team they're playing. That that may be the drama we get. Yeah, I think you you might be right. Oh, that'll be great. And I'm not sure what kind of result they need. I don't know if they need to win to get away from relegation or if they just need a result. And and in soccer results, anything but a loss. So if they get a tie, that is as good as a win in their situation. Oh, interesting. Okay. Okay, so what is your overall, I mean, overall thoughts of Ted Lasso? I mean, we've talked about it. I don't think if we have gone on this long, we know <laughs> yeah. you enjoy it. But I mean, what, what's a wrap up of, say, up to this point for you? Um, It gave me... A- a newfound respect for Jason Sudeikis's acting ability because honestly I thought he was almost a Chevy Chase type where he would just kind of play that same sort of uh, character each and every time but this is a totally different new take and uh, I respect him wholly for it like I think it's a great character Ted Lasso um, and the rest of the cast I mean I think every actor that plays each and every one of these characters I think they were perfectly cast and I don't know it's a show that I really enjoyed and you just you know it sucked me in pretty much from episode one and like we mentioned i i hope <laughs> there'll be season two <laughs> yeah no i'm the same the same mindset i, I since I, I like i said before i love the game of soccer yeah i knew i'd kind of be i wanted to give it a shot now i don't have the the background with jason sudeikis as much as you do so i yeah. didn't know what to expect so when he came in playing a country bunkin uh <laughs> i i bought it immediately the, right. you know the mustache everything coming in just being a very just happy person. So, I mean, I think that's what I needed right now in TV. I needed yeah. that just like... Some positivity. Positivity. Something new. I mean, I still love my my Big Bang. I'll go to just for like my mindless watching. But I've seen all of them so many times. This here is something brand new. And I've been searching for that type of show. And I'm so happy that we finally, you know, I was finally able to find it. And uh, like I said before, I'm devastated that we only have an episode left. But I can absolutely see myself watching, you know, these episodes through again. Just because, I mean, they're not long. I think if they were on TV, they would have been an hour just because of all advertising. Right. But they're 35, 40 minutes. And you can easily get through them. And unlike the boys, that's with the boys... There's a part of me that I love watching, but sometimes it's hard to watch. I'll have my phone up too. <laughs> With Lasso, I, I my phone's not even on my on my lap. Yeah. Like I'm just I'm dialed into the whole thing because I'm so emotionally invested into the characters. Right. So it's a huge thumbs up for me and uh I I can't wait for more. And if you guys haven't watched it, we're going into the season finale, if you guys haven't noticed yet. Go ahead and catch up, watch it, fall in love with these characters. And then hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, whatever it is, and let us know what you guys think. I know there's another show out there that, uh, that believes the same thing we do at My Drunken Movie Theater. Uh, they agree that Apple TV does not deserve <laughs> this show. Uh, they've done nothing to this point to say that they are going to be able to treat this show with the respect that it deserves. Right. So we'll see what goes forward. Hopefully they'll pick it up for season two and uh, we'll get more from uh, Mr. Lasso after this coming Friday. That's a big recommend from the Dead Rock podcast. We love Ted Lasso. So go ahead and catch up and then watch the season finale this upcoming week. That works. But we've been talking we kind of slipping in little things here and there. From that other show we like watching, you know. That other streaming juggernaut. Yeah, you know, superheroes making love to each other and popping guys' heads on the wall. Uh, (laughs) But we have boys news here, and it's not anything to do with the show that we are already watching. 
they are making a spin-off of it while we're watching the original. Uh, thoughts? I don't know, man. You know, I like the boys, so... You know, on first blush, I should be, like, excited about a spinoff. Like, oh, that's cool. But it's, like, at the same time, I have sort of, like, a... I'm a little <laughs> hesitant, uh, you know, totally green light that in my brain. Like, they're not even done with the boys yet. So, you know, it kind of reminds me of uh, Fear the Walking Dead as The Walking Dead was still going. Like, let's not dilute the stuff that I enjoy by adding something new that uh, may be lesser than. I don't know. I'm a little hesitant about it. My fear of this is they're talking about them being in college. Right. Dude, is this like a CW show? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I mean, right now, the, and the reason they gave Greenland, this has been a project that's been in the works for a few years. So it's not like something they just went ahead and they're like, oh, let's do this now. Apparently, it's been in the works for roughly about two or three years. And they went and greenlit it because season two of The Boys is up over 90% from last year. Wow. So the ratings are through the roof and they're trying to go ahead and capitalize on that by kind of bringing in that second thing. Now, this past episode kind of got me thinking because I knew about this news and this past episode when they went to that, uh, like that mental hospital. Yeah. I'm thinking, is this school going to be in a similar vein as this mental hospital was not locked up per se, but are they going to be in that like environment? Cause we know they're not going to class. I mean, they're football stars, right? They're taking basket weaving. They're majoring in it. <laughs> uh, so I'm, that's my thing. I mean, I love the series so much. I am absolutely will check it out. It's just, I have that same concern yeah, as you do. Cause I don't, I don't want it to water down now. I don't know the time frame. I think you said it's supposed to happen before. Is that right? I yeah, I've heard that it takes place before the events of the 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 boys, the show that we watch now, um, and it takes place around a college or maybe like college aged people. Yeah, you know, it's fun to explore that world, this world of superheroes where the superheroes aren't so virtuous. You know, they're they're kind of jerks. That is an interesting world to play in. I'm kind of curious as far as like what characters, if any, are from the original series are going to be intermingled into this one. Like I said, I just don't want it to like dilute and take away from the current show, which is already having success and I, and I like so much. If it's happening prior, I mean, we can very easily see Liberty. Yeah. She was born in 1919. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, it's a character we, if it's prior. So it's the timing. I would almost prefer it happening at a parallel to what's happening now. That would be my preference because you can see characters kind of come and go. You can see Homelander show up or you can see Stormfront or, you know, you can see that interaction. They can send, you know, the deep over there to, you know, for mentoring or, you know, well, he'll be a terrible one to mentor. But, uh, <laughs> but you know what I'm kind of coming at here? Yeah. I would prefer a parallel running rather than a before or after while the show is still going. Yeah, me too. I mean, who knows what this thing is eventually hammered out as. So it may be great. Who knows? I mean, jury's still out. But I kind of take the news with a grain of salt. And, um, I'm, you know, don't get me wrong. I'll definitely be watching it when it comes out. But we'll just see what it ends up being. Okay. Well, I think it's, you know, that time to go ahead and jump on that soccer pitch, dribble down to an open net, and shoot it right into the crowd of cheesy people. And just <laughs> miss that wide open goal. What do you think? I don't understand a thing you just said. <laughs> then it worked. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll go ahead and go first. I, I've got one that's definitely, you know, soccer related. Okay, so during the holidays, soccer referees send their families yellow cards. Okay. And you didn't understand it. I knew you would. I laughed the minute I read it. But, <laughs> yeah, as as you know. opposed to Christmas cards? Yep, or red cards. You know, you know, red, you know, red and yellow cards. You know, you get 
fouls. Oof. You know, instead of getting a flag thrown on you like football, they throw a yellow card up, two yellow cards, and the red card get booted out of the game. I, yeah, I think you get your wish this week. That gets some crickets. That gets some crickets. <laughs> if I gotta explain it to that <laughs> level. <laughs> Um, you probably got this from the same website I did, so you probably know the uh, punchline of this joke. What kind of tea do soccer players drink? Penalty. Penalty. Oh no, no, no! This this is a definitely double cricket. <laughs> we definitely got double cricket. You know on what? This We've one. had a few weeks in a row where it's been all all audience applause. So it's been a while since the crickets have made their appearance. Yeah, no, this this one is definitely uh, they're back in a bad way. The soccer the soccer heads like myself would appreciate mine, uh, but this country isn't as deep into the soccer world as I. Am. <laughs> Well, guys, I think that's a good spot here. We're going to go ahead and embrace the month of October here. Oh, yeah. We're going to go ahead and do two shows. If you guys were listening to us uh, during June, uh, we went ahead and picked out two movies. We went through the decades for that one there. Uh, this one here, we're not going to so much hold the decades or even genres. We're going to try to pair movies together pretty well, uh, but we're going to talk two movies. Uh, Sean, do you want to give them a heads up on what those two movies are going to be next week? Yeah. Next week, we're starting out with The Invisible Man, a recent release. And Scream from 1996, so kind of a throwback and then a a recent movie. Uh, And that's to start out our spooky October movie review month. And yeah, we'll be uh, doing two movies per episode, and Chris and I will both be talking about them, and we can't wait to discuss. We had a lot of fun during the summer blockbuster review back in June, so we're doing kind of the same thing with the scary month of October. Yeah, now we're gonna we're we're, we're kind of hitting Scream because that was one of the ones that we enjoyed, but they're also making a Scream Five, so we figured, yeah. you know what, everyone can take you know a, a recap of you know how that went down, and it, it kind of reinvented the slasher genre when you're kind of seeing everything that's taking place. Yeah, and, yeah, it's uh, it, it was definitely something new for time so oh for sure ahead of its time as well so uh, i'm gonna look forward to seeing that one for the first time in a very long time yeah 1996 man scream was a trendsetter i mean it had a bunch of sequels afterwards very successful and then the invisible man i've heard nothing but good things about this most recent iteration so it was one that was kind of on my list anyway to check out so yeah those will be the two films that we start out with there we go and uh you know if you guys don't already follow us on twitter on facebook we have a dad new rock you know web check us out there everything is there you need all our past episodes, all our links to everything we have to go on. And uh, if you guys keep your ear to the desk, uh, we have some something special coming in the month of October. Uh, so keep your eyes out on our Twitter page, on all our actual social medias, and, and listen to us. We're going to be giving hints, and uh, eventually you'll see what we're working on. Uh, we're pumped for it. We can't wait for it. We hope that you guys are going to enjoy it as much as we're going to. And uh, it's coming in October. That's all I'm really going to say more about it. <laughs> I think that's a good enough spot to say that's the Dad in the Rock podcast signing off for the evening. Uh, catch you guys next week. Wanker. 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 <laughs>